This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. This is Charging Ahead, a four-part research podcast about our attitudes towards motoring and our perceptions of electric vehicles. We've looked at how EVs only seem to come of age in times of crisis, when the convenience and simplicity of internal combustion becomes a costly, polluting burden. It really only occurred to car makers to create cleaner forms of private transportation when the air literally turned brown in large, built-up cities of the world. In this episode, we're going to speak to respiratory physician Dr. Mike Epton of the Canterbury Respiratory Research Group to hear his professional view on the health effects of pollution. We're also going to hear from participants of the NZ Motoring Attitudes and Perceptions Survey to hear their experiences on the changes in air quality they experienced during the ghostly month of our Level 4 COVID-19 lockdown. The uptake of electric vehicles could have a dramatic effect on the pollution levels in our built-up areas. Whilst New Zealand is often seen as clean and clear compared to other built-up areas, we still have work to do in making our city air cleaner. But just how bad is the problem? Because we don't actively measure the exact emissions coming out of the tailpipe of every vehicle registered here whilst they drive along, we can only come up with an estimate of the current levels of vehicle CO2 emissions. 2019 Motor Industry Association figures state that the New Zealand vehicle fleet average CO2 emissions are approximately 180 grams of CO2 per kilometre. Most Kiwis drive around 14,000 kilometres a year on average, meaning that theoretically we would save around 2.5 tonnes of CO2 per car per year if we went full electric. So what makes up harmful pollution? Vehicles emit carbon dioxide as a byproduct of the combustion of petrol inside their engines. Diesel vehicles emit less carbon dioxide than petrol cars, but also dangerous particulates and oxides of nitrogen, both of which are recognised carcinogens. Particulates such as PM2.5 and PM10 can also have serious effects on the respiratory system. Ministry for the Environment figures suggest that in 2016, 1,227 individuals died prematurely due to air pollution in New Zealand, with 236 cardiac hospitalisations and 440 respiratory hospitalisations. And from an evidence perspective, is there suddenly a need to go electric in order to save our air quality? We spoke to respiratory physician Dr Mike Epton to find out more. So Dr. Epton, can you please just outline your background and current role? So I'm an academic respiratory physician, adult predominantly, um, who's been uh, director of the respiratory research group for more than a decade now. Um, We, over the years, have had a lot of interest in um, uh, air pollution and respiratory health and have been working predominantly with the uh, GeoHealth uh, lab at uh, University of Canterbury in a l- number of collaborative approaches, um, uh, yeah, looking at the impact of air pollution, particularly um, PM10 air pollution, uh, and uh, and how that's worked in terms of the effects on respiratory patients and the effects on the prevalence of incidence of respiratory disease. So just what sort of damage can pollutants do to one's respiratory system? That's actually... 
um, really difficult because it's not actually the, it's not necessarily the pollutants themselves hanging around in the body, but potentially the inflammatory effects of the pollutants may. The problem that we face with all of this is that it is very, very difficult to, in, in um, humans, to look at the relationship between um, air concentration of a pollutant, so exposure, the actual dose that someone gets in in the body, um, uh, and then the long term, the, the short and the long term biological effects. Um, and people have done all sorts of studies trying to trying to look at this in terms of exposure. Uh, and we we took part. We we did a, a number of these a few years ago, looking at people essentially static biking by the side of relatively busy streets to see if we could detect how much of these pollutants were actually getting into the body and how much we could then detect in people's breath afterwards. So there is a science that's evolving around this, but it's actually really difficult because, uh, because you've got your exposure, you've got your dose, you've got your individual biological response in the short term and in the long term. And that's really hard to to try and tease all this lot out because of course our exposures are varying from minute to minute, hour to hour, and yet we see a biological signal late on um, in terms of the development potentially of asthma and respiratory disease and the worsening of it. I think there is evidence, pretty good evidence about the worsening of these diseases in terms of if you've got someone with asthma and they are exposed to high levels of ozone-related vehicular pollutions, then there is a signal that says their asthma is getting worse and it gets worse. Um, whether it actually causes it is a bit more debatable, but it's a really tough area to try and tease out. Is there good evidence to suggest that pollution here in New Zealand is leading to more incidences of disease and admissions to hospitals? Let's just start dividing this up into uh, into the effects of air pollution on the incidence of disease and the effects of air pollution on worsening of pre-existing disease. There's no, actually no, I was going to say there's no doubt, but actually there still is some controversy worldwide about exactly how uh, pollution indoor and outdoor uh, leads to increased prevalent, uh, increased uh, incidence and prevalence of disease. Um, the the debate about how much air pollution impacts on the development of asthma in children, how much air pollution impacts on um, development of COPD in adults continues to be a source of debate. But I think on balance, there's probably enough there that says in the world environment, uh, there's a signal. Uh, translating that across to New Zealand, of course, is, is very difficult um, because we've got a small population and our overall levels of pollution um, in terms of total time exposed um, in this country are actually very low. We do have a signal uh, for um, admission to hospital uh, in terms of uh, times of high PM10 and 2.5, but actually I don't think we've got a, uh, any clear signal that pollution events lead to increased incidence and prevalence of respiratory disease in this country. 
That's simply because our numbers are not big enough, both in terms of our population and also the exposures that we have here. So we're not like a Los Angeles or a Beijing? No. We're pretty far off there. At le- least I don't think so anyway. Yeah, and there's not some sort of... Because um, I was just wondering, even though we don't have sort of hazy photochemical smog, um, does that still mean that there are invisible pollutants that, that people should worry about? Or is it... Is it Ah, now you're now you're moving across from should people worry as opposed to is there a problem, uh, which is two very separate things. Um, and um, uh, and and I, I I think it is appropriate to have. Um, I, I think from a public health perspective, it's important that we wherever possible reduce external pollutants. Uh, but I think we also have to understand that there's more to it than just having pollutant exposure. It is about altering our traffic usage, altering our traffic patterns, uh, cycling versus walking versus cars in terms of it's not just how much pollution is in the air. It's how much stuff is being breathed in by what different activities that each, pa- you know, that each person does on their day-to-day life. However, as a public health strategy and as a, as a, um, a strategy for city design, we should always try and reduce um, the impact of vehicle air pollution well, you know, because that's, I mean, that's public good that, that, uh, that city planners and, and public health um, uh, specialists should be focusing on. Whilst we may not have a pressing problem on our hands based on a metric of hospital admissions and incidence of disease here, air pollution still has an effect on one's quality of life, especially in our larger cities. We interviewed a number of participants of the NZ Motoring Attitudes and Perceptions Survey about a range of EV and motoring related topics, which we'll be discussing in our next episode. For now though, We asked them to compare the air quality they experienced during lockdown, when very few people were out driving, to the air quality of normality. With very few vehicles out on the roads emitting pollution, lockdown gave us a rare glimpse into the world of an EV-based vehicle fleet. So would you say you noticed a difference in the air quality during Level 4 lockdown? Yeah, I think I did. Um, I um, I live down by a rubbish dump. Uh, and so we have a lot of sort of trucks that go down our road every day. In fact, you've probably heard a few of them rattling past as we've been talking. Um, and when they stopped, here comes another one. When they stopped, um, it was so, so noticeable. Like you could, we'd go for walks down that way and there was no smoke. There was no odour <laughs> that you sort of get. It was, it was really lovely, actually. <laughs> uh, we've got a, um, a sort of garden that's got a... I suppose it's quite open. So I wouldn't say the air quality. I think the one thing I did see, because our garden kind of backs onto, um, it's not a nature reserve by any means, but um, like a little sanctuary where lots of birds hang out. We saw more of them about. Mm. Um, And it felt like nature was uh, having a bit more of a looking than normal. But I don't particularly remember, you know, feeling any different about air quality. It was so much clearer to see the white hackeries and to see the mountains and just to see into town from here. Um, could have been the weather, but it seemed to be, you know, much better 
and the noise we can hear the motorways which are about a kilometer and a half away so every day there's this low rumble um but that was gone it was absolutely silent when you went mm. out in the backyard it was just wow <laughs> it was just yeah. magical i noticed the difference in the air quality when level four ended yeah. it, it's like um it's like after smoking and officers were stopped then suddenly being in a lift where a smoker was and the, the smell of smoke was i mean not used to it as overpowering and they really smell i was really smelling the the exhaust and the unburnt petrol fumes from a car that had started up right after a while getting used to it i didn't notice it it wasn't just going for walks um i actually get a cough in mid-morning and it starts two kilometers in my into my trip to work and doesn't stop until i get to work and it's from breathing pollution i had no cough in april so yes i've i notice personally uh there is effective breathing pollution mm. that's just traveling to and from work so i did regular walks and they were at night time Definitely improvement in air quality, much quieter, and I think that's, to me, that's, I do miss that, actually, um, because even just walking down the road now, I mean, a car drives past, I can smell it, and some cars smell worse than others. Uh, during the lockdown, uh, it was also, we could actually see Little Barrier Island from our house in April of this year, which, uh, as soon as we reached Level 3, within two days of Level 3, we couldn't see Little Barrier again, because the skies are no longer clear enough from pollution. So pollution is a big factor. Respiratory-borne illnesses are actually a big factor of health issues in Auckland City. Some people still have their head buried in the sand and think there's no problem with oil. Uh, there's a big problem with burning fossil fuels. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Charging Ahead. Next time, we'll be discussing the results of the New Zealand Motoring Attitudes and Perceptions Survey and talking to some of our survey participants about the main barriers stopping them from adopting an electric vehicle. We look forward to seeing you next time. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.